my family's originally Egyptian, his family's originally Syrian. And we often didn't have the same caliber, the same level of Arabic street food that we would have on family trips to Egypt or Syria uh, here in San Diego. The Halal Food Podcast, brought to you by Halal Run, the number one guide to halal eating options in North America. Assalamu alaikum, everybody, and welcome to the Halal Food Podcast, where we interview the entrepreneurs and the talent who are driving the halal food industry in North America. And we also celebrate successful Muslims from all walks of life in general. We are so excited that you could join us for our very first episode. Now, we at Halal Run are huge fans of Middle Eastern food. And as our first guest, we invited the founders of Tahini, a falafel shawarma incredible establishment in San Diego, and they also have a very interesting story. So without further ado, here's the interview. And if you like what you hear, please hit the like button and leave us a comment saying hi. And we're here live uh, with the founders of Tahini, uh, Osama and Moody. Uh, Gentlemen, Assalamu alaikum. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I appreciate you having us. Thanks. Yeah, and as as I let you know beforehand, you are our first guest on the podcast, um, which is really special. You know, and and we picked you for a reason because we like what you're doing, um, both in terms of you know your restaurant, but what you're doing with the community, and we'll we'll get into all that. Uh, so why don't we why don't we start off with you know the two of you uh, just telling us your story? What's you know what's your background? How did you get into the halal industry? What was your vision in starting Tahini? Feel free. I'm right. So this was actually something that, that was really just born out of uh, just the two of us hanging out when we were younger. Uh, and for a very long time, I think we had just lamented over the fact that we didn't always have easy access to the foods that we grew up loving. Uh, my family's originally Egyptian. His family's originally Syrian. And we often didn't have the same caliber, the same level of Arabic street food that we would have on family trips to Egypt or Syria uh, yeah. here in San Diego. And you grew up where? Oh, you grew, did you grow up in San Diego or? I was, I was born in Baltimore, but I've been living in San Diego since I was three years old. So for the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm San Diego at heart. Uh, whereas Mahmoud actually grew up uh, in New Jersey and I mean, he, he can kind of give his breakdown on that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was, I was born and raised in Jersey. Um, I was born in Patterson. Um, grew up nice. between like Patterson and Prospect Park. So uh, we actually nice. grew up with, you know, a lot of like ought to be food. So even though, yeah, going to Syria was awesome, like in the summers, because, you know, seeing family and then, you know, just eating, you know, the, the food was always amazing uh, when going to Syria. And uh, so, you know, coming back to Patterson, Jersey wasn't too bad because the amount of, you know, ought to be food out there. But when I had moved to San Diego is, is kind of when I was like, man, you know, there was just like, at least when I first moved here now, there's definitely way more. But when I first moved here, um, really not that many, like, you know, showroom spots. Um, whereas, you know, on the East Coast, you know, especially like, you know, New York, I mean, the, the way taco shops are in San Diego um, is kind of how, you know, showroom and falafel spots are in the East Coast. And uh, so I used to, you know, it, it kind of started off me talking crap to Sam and like, oh, man, San Diego sucks, no showroom, you know. Um, and then, you know, Usama being the, uh, you know, 
hard-headed lawyer, right? He's like, well, you know, why don't we do it ourselves? And kind of started off as a joke, but we just kept talking about it. And then it just, yeah, just kind of kept, uh, we kept, it just kept building up. And then we, we just decided to go for it. Yeah. Well, so just so I, I get this right. So if Osama grew up in, in San Diego and, and Mahmoud, you grew up in Jersey, when did the two of you meet? So I'm, when I moved here, yeah, which was almost uh, about 15 years ago. Um, so when I first moved here, um, through Amir, who had, uh, you know, being the only person I knew in San Diego, um, I met a lot of the dudes um, at the masjid, uh, Osama being one of them. Um, and just literally from the day I met him, we just kind of clicked and then just kind of been, you know, best friends since then, man. And, and now your website talks about the story about how, you know, Osama's a, a lawyer and, and Mahmoud's a, a, a cop, a former cop. Tell me about that. How, how, did you, how did you go into those professions and how did you decide to transition from those professions into what you're doing now? Yeah. Do you want to – I started last time. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, so actually, yeah. So, you know, I, uh, I, I changed my major three times in college. I started off as like a business major. Then I went to uh, psychology and then I ended up doing criminal justice because – I did a ride along and then just kind of like, you know, you know, just really, you know, enjoyed it. Um, kind of wanted to like, you know, really be hands on with the, like, you know, with the community. Like I figured, you know, like we need more like hub and Muslim, you know, police officers. Um, so literally um, just, you know, after I graduated, um, you know, I did an internship with like, uh, uh, you know, with the, the, the uh, Department of Corrections and the probation department. Um, and then I finally got accepted into the, uh, uh, academy to start, uh, you know, you know, the, the six month academy before you actually uh, become an officer. Um, and then um, before that, um, we had started the farmer market. So as I was, you know, getting ready for the academy, he had taken uh, time off, of, and, and I'll let him talk more about it. But he took time off of Harvard Law School, um, and we started the farmer markets. Just like, hey, man, like let, let's see if this, you know, could be something. Um, and we didn't have a lot of money or any money really to, to, to open up the business and a, a really big percentage of restaurants fail within the first two years. So I, um, yeah, so we started the farmer markets. Alhamdulillah, man, it just, it just, it went so much better than we could have hoped for. Um, as you know, almost as if like, you know, this is what, you know, this is what, you know, God had in store for us. And subhanAllah, just so many blessings, so much barakah along the way. Um, and so I winded up, you know, dropping out of the academy and then he had graduated, um, and, uh, you know, even taking his bar exam, but, um, and, uh, yeah, so we, uh, you know, like when the farmer market just went so well, um, we did it for about a year and then we set up at the side of a gas station for almost another year. Um, and, 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 and alhamdulillah, man, we were just selling out of, you know, a uh, hundred pounds of, you know, chicken, beef, shawarma, falafel within like three, four hours. Um, we didn't have a ton of storage cause it was like the side of a gas station. Um, so we winded up, uh, you know, at that point we're like, halas, like, I think this is what we want to do. Um, so we kind of, you know, put our, our, our careers on, 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 the side burner. And then, you know, Usama did most of the work cause I was working full time. Um, he, uh, he, for like a year and a half, man, just hunting down, uh, for, you know, for a location, I'll be honest, it wasn't easy for us. Um, Never um but, I'll, uh, dude, it was, it was rough cause we're a startup. And also on top of that, um, you know, being out of and, and, you know, Muslim, yep. may, you know, that yeah, didn't yeah. Uh, make it easier. It doesn't always um, help. Yeah. 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 hundred um, percent. But um, I don't know if you want to talk more like about. Uh, yeah. Osama, tell, about, how did you, yeah. How did you end up at law school? 
Uh, so uh, I think just also uh, family was a, was definitely a big influence for me in terms of just education and, and making sure I uh, I kind of pursued uh, a graduate program. And it was always in the back of my head to, uh, to pursue yeah. a graduate program. So you went to I college actually, in, in the San Diego area before you moved I went out, to UC or? Irvine. Yeah, okay, so I went to UC it. Irvine, which is about an hour, hour 15 sure. uh, north of San Diego. Uh, finished my undergraduate degree uh, and began the process of applying for law schools. It seemed to me a, a, a JD was the most, it kept the options open uh, more than other graduate degrees. Uh, you can use a JD for a lot of various uh, different trades. And so uh, I took some time off, uh, went to Egypt for a little bit. Uh, and then when I came back, completed my applications to law school, ended up uh, enrolling uh, at Harvard Law School. And I didn't really want to be an attorney, but I knew having a JD would be at least a flexible degree. I had thought of teaching, uh, going into a teaching route, even business consulting, uh, and was just kind of weighing my options. Uh, I did tell myself, though, if, if I'm going to not use my law degree, let me at least see what it would be like to work at a corporate law firm. So after my first year in law school, I, I did work at a corporate law firm here in San Diego. Uh, and it just, it was in my cup of tea uh, to, to work in that environment. Uh, so uh, we actually that summer bought a Shibuya machine and uh, ended up testing out our concept uh, at some family barbecues, essentially, and uh, running with it from there. Uh, at that point, I took some time off of, uh, off of law school and then eventually went back, completed my degree. Uh, and then we kind of started the, the actual push towards a brick and mortar at that point. Got, did you did you take the bar or did you? Yeah, uh, I did take the California bar. Okay, nice. So what year was this that you tell, – tell me a bit about the timeline. What was the year you started off in farmer's markets? What was the year you, you parked at the gas station? And then when did you start your physical location? 2013 going into 2014 uh, would have been the farmer market going into the into the gas station. Uh, did that for probably about a, a, a full year. Uh, and then we started looking for a location in 2016, and we finally opened up in 2017. November 2017 was our, our grand opening, or late October, early November. Yeah. Well, they're coming up on your fifth year anniversary, mashallah. Yeah. 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 yeah, we're excited. That's great. All right. So how right now you have the one location. Is that right? So we do have the one location. We're actually right now in the original Tahini location. Uh, we had the opportunity during uh, about a year, year and a half ago, uh, the space next door to us was a uh, ramen restaurant that moved out. Uh, it was a larger space. One of the things we always struggled with here was space, just not having enough of it. Uh, and I think in a COVID world, uh, the tight space and people became a lot more fearful of tighter spaces uh, during a COVID world. Uh, so we thought, you know what, let's, uh, let's, let's take Tahini into the space next door. Uh, this neighborhood that we're in has always lacked a specialty coffee shop. And so now we're actually in the process of, uh, doing a little bit of remodeling work to, uh, to open up, uh, uh a coffee shop concept called Finjan, uh, which, nice. which means, air, yeah, be... which means, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, it, just, it means coffee cup in Arabic. Uh, yeah. so we will be doing some specialty coffee, uh, along with also some, uh, some Middle Eastern twists to it. Uh, we'll have like Turkish coffee that we have a sand pit for that we'll cook it in the sand pit. We'll be doing some traditional Arabic desserts as well. Uh, but that, uh, Kunafa, yeah. So we're excited about that. That's super exciting. And, and uh, when's the target launch date for that or opening date? So right now, we are actually in the process of opening up the second Tahini location uh, on UCSD's college campus. Uh, so 
Yeah, we're about two weeks out uh, from opening uh, at that location. After we open that, then our, our focus is going to be on getting FinGen up and running. So we're hoping in the next few months here. Well, that's great. So what is uh, uh, what, what was the thinking behind A, it's time to open a second location, and, and B, like, what was that location going to be? I mean, you're already talking about UCSD, <laughs> go for it. Yeah, UCSD uh, was, was, for us, we actually had the opportunity. Uh, we were approached by a, uh, a real estate agent that was working for UCSD in, in, in locating concepts that would do well on campus. Uh, UCSD was envisioning creating a taste of San Diego, uh, having some of the local San Diego restaurants on campus uh, in one of their new developments. Uh, so we had the opportunity to actually open up a, a, a restaurant space on campus. So not a food court uh, space, but actual restaurant space. Uh, so for us, it was a great opportunity. Um, I went to UC Irvine. Actually, my, my siblings uh, went to UCSD. My dad works at UCSD. So it's kind of UCSD even played a big role in, in, in my own family. Uh, and so I think it was just, it was a great opportunity also to be on a college campus. Uh, UCSD is the, the premier college out here. Uh, and so kind of being able to be a part of that was a, was a unique opportunity for us. And for us, I think we've always envisioned uh, growing Tahini beyond just one location. Uh, we were always hoping for multiple locations. And so we're hoping this is just kind of like the stepping stone uh, for that. SDSU is also a great school. That's where I graduated from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. SDSU is a great school. I was just trying to Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly, exactly. State, man. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, you got it. You got to love your alma mater. Um, so what's uh, – tell me about your menu because you have very, like, uh, very cool approach to your menu, like the names, the descriptions, whatever. Like how, how did you think about sort of creating the menu and and the items that are going to be on – that were going to be on the menu? How did you develop it? Um, yeah, for, for the, the, the menu, um, it, 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 it took us a little bit of time, um, kind of how also the coffee shop idea popped up because a, a lot of the brainstorming happened at coffee shops. Um, we, you know, we, uh, were very, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I feel like I was a bad influence on this guy. I don't think he really drank much coffee until, um, you know, uh, I kind of would push like, Hey man, let's go grab some coffee. And, uh, I'm like very reliant on coffee, but, um. But yeah, uh, as far as the menu, uh, it differed a little bit from the farmer's market menu because now being in a brick and mortar, we also had more capabilities. Um, so we also make our yeah. own pita bread, um, which Sam wow. actually was, yeah, yeah, he was the one that kind of created the recipe and, and really fine-tuned it. Um, the cool yeah. thing is if, there, if, there's, if there's one common denominator and in, in, in what people enjoy about um, the restaurant here is, is, is the bread, you know, because every hour we're making a fresh batch bread so you're typically anytime you're getting wow. a sandwich or whatever you're yeah you're, you're typically getting fresh bread um right you're never getting bread from the day before um and uh yeah you know the, the pita bread's been really popular um being in san diego southern california bowls are really popular as well um you know so uh so we uh, uh also created like uh you know a rice bowl option um we've also felt like restaurants um because you know we both worked at some restaurants um, when you have a restaurant with like 100 menu items, it just becomes tough to come in the morning, prep that many items, and keep it all fresh, not freeze it, right? Um, and 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 the one thing about our food is we always try to keep everything fresh. Um, we don't even have freezers. 
Um, you know, uh, we fillet, marinate, stack the shawarma ourselves. Uh, we make the bread. We make all the sauces, the hummus, the garlic, um, you know, uh, prep the veggies throughout the day. So just, you know, everything's super, you know, we try to keep it super fresh. Um, and uh, so we, you know, like I said, simple, simple menu. We only have three proteins, falafel, which we never fry until you order it. Because uh, right, any fried item should always be fresh. Yeah, yeah. So anytime you ever place like a, like I get a falafel sandwich or just falafel pieces, um, literally never drop until you order it. Um, chicken shawarma and steak shawarma. Um, so those are the three proteins. Um, between those three, you can do pita pocket, rice ball, salad. Um, you know, for someone who may be keto or gluten free or whatever. So we kind of have an option for everybody. Um, even seven of or six out of our seven sauces are all vegan. Um, you know, uh, we also have a few fun appetizers. If you ever hear that the, the tahini fries are the most popular, along with the halloumi okay. cheese sticks, um, yeah, those are popular. Really yeah, yeah, those are, are probably the most uh, two popular munchies. Um, and then uh, we have the we created the tahini originals. Um, just like if you're a first timer, you don't want to think too hard, and you're slightly adventurous. Um, the tahini originals are like the way to go. It's basically the kind of most popular way to make the falafel sandwich, the chicken shawarma, and the steak. So the falafel. Um, we called it the MTW, the, you know, the mother of the world. Yeah, mother of the um, world. I love that name. Um, so I don't know if you want to talk more about that in Esquire and then yeah, I can talk about OG. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mother of the world is the, uh, the English translation for what Egyptians refer to Egypt as, uh, which is um, yeah, Dunya. Um, Dunya. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, within Arab cuisine, there's obviously uh, battles and debates over different items. Uh, one of them being how to properly make falafel. Uh, Egyptians and much of Egypt call it Damiya. And the biggest differentiating point between uh, Egyptian style falafel and, and other falafel is Egyptians use fava beans, uh, whereas a lot of the other Arab countries use chickpeas. Chickpeas, uh, that's right. Yeah. So we had done uh, some blind taste testing uh, before we opened. Uh, and in those blind taste testing with a bunch of Arabs uh, from even like Syria, and, and, and Egypt and other places, uh, the fava bean base uh, falafel won out uh, in those blind places. Uh, it's like and the, so the Pepsi sandwich... challenge uh, in your, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for Arabs in, in California, right? So it's exactly that Pepsi challenge because uh, yeah. the first time we did the, the, the soft openings where we were inviting like, you know, 50-ish friends and family, um, almost like seven, eight out of ten chose the chickpea version of falafel and then Sam was like well yeah most of our homies are like you know syrian and so on and so forth palestinians um so how about we go you know falafel a b and c and not tell them which is which and then on multiple occasions yeah everyone preferred the the one with the father beans <laughs> so it was exactly that pepsi coke challenge where you know when they see it they'll choose coke but then when they taste it right you know some people chose, you know most people chose pepsi um so it's kind of yeah that's kind of how it went down did it cause like identity crisis in a lot of people? They're like, oh my God. Uh, when you tell them at the end, yeah, yeah you know, uh, you know, I don't know why there's such, you know, uh, you know, nationalism in, in, in the food, but, you know, but yeah, I mean, definitely most people, yeah, prefer the one with the beans. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's so fascinating. Yeah, I, and an Esquire. Yeah, the Esquire, Peter, Peter, yeah, tell us more about that. And that was really so... featured on the Food Network? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, so that is actually uh, the sandwich that we made for Guy Fieri uh, when he came uh, for uh, Diner Driving and Dives. Uh, and that one is, was it was the way I used to 
eat my sandwiches uh, when, uh, you know, I would, I would have lunch. Uh, and so it is uh, garlic sauce with sriracha tahini. So it has a little bit of a kick to it with uh, fr- uh, French fries or fries, uh, which is actually a very like Syrian style uh, way of having uh, shawarma where they put fries with the chicken uh, shawarma sandwich uh, and then parsley mix and tomatoes and pickles. Simple, sweet, kind of to the point. Uh, Guy Fieri loved it, uh, and so uh, we decided to also feature it on our menu because oftentimes yeah, I see, when this I, would I air, see his pictures on your menu too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. uh, often when when folks come to the restaurant uh, after having seen the show, they'll ask, "Oh, what did Guy Fieri eat? Where, where's the where's the uh, the menu item that he ate?" And for a long time, it was a hidden menu item. No yeah. one really you have to be in the know to to be able to order it uh, or know how to put it together. So uh, we ended up, uh, rather than calling it the Guy Fieri sandwich, we, we ended up calling it the Esquire, uh, which is, I guess, a, a nod to the title that lawyers get uh, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> when they graduate. So Nicely done. Um, yeah. I love it, man. I, I will say, um, I'm based in New York City, like I told you, and it's 2.30 right now, uh, and I haven't had lunch yet and <laughs> this menu is making me salivate it's it, I'm, I'm hungry and you know middle eastern mediterranean food is my favorite so i'm basically dying here um <laughs> the og is definitely uh, another one you'll have to try too yeah, yeah the og sure. was actually that one was kind of dedicated to one of our first uh uh staff members that was here he was uh he was like an older you know syrian refugee because uh, we we try to hire you know uh because San Diego actually has, I think, the highest, like, influx of, like, you know, uh, Adolfi and Syrian refugees that have uh, come to America. And, uh, you know, we figured since we speak the language, they know the food, it would be kind of a, you know, uh, a good way to help and, and, and kind of give back. And uh, uh, But the reason why we, we called it the OG Pita because, you know, um, the, 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 the first staff uh, member, uh, his name, you know, we called, it, uh, we, we called him Abu Enes, and uh, his name was Ahmed. And... Um, this steak shawarma, so it's it's steak shawarma with tahini, uh, parsley mix, uh, tomatoes, and, and pickled turnips. Very simple as well. Um, very common how it's had in Syria. Um, and uh, the reason why we called it the OGP after him was because uh, I want to say like our first year that he was with us, uh, like he was working with us, um, he, you know, I was always working the register. Osama would kind of be making the food. Um, and then Awenas, you know, would usually be kind of just multitasking, cutting shawarma, you know, uh, doing a lot. And uh, so he's, you know, he's cutting shawarma and then he looks at the salmon making the food and he's like, you know, he'll stop what he'll do. He puts down, you know, everything. And he's like, Usama, like in Arabic, of course, like where, where's the parsley mix in this beef sandwich you're making? And Usama's like, well, the customer didn't want it. I'm just following the ticket. And he's like, no, just put the parsley mix in there. Usama's like, dude, he didn't ask for it. I'm not going to give it to him. He's like, yeah. You know, he's like, the customers don't know what they want. Just give it to him. And, bro, the line, it was, like, out the door. It was, like, during the lunch rush. And he's arguing with Usama. You know, he's like, there's not one sandwich, one beef shawarma sandwich in all of Syria that does not have parsley mix. And he's just, like, yelling at him. Um, so we kind of named that sandwich after him. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Um, is do you, do you guys have any plans to expand, inshallah, outside of San Diego or beyond San Diego? Inshallah, that's definitely the goal. Uh, we kind of envisioned, uh, you know, uh, just to be able to kind of keep up on, like, quality and things like that. Um, maybe, like, kind of, like, sticking around in Southern California. Um, like, we would love to go to, like, Orange County in L.A. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of been, you know. Our thought process, so we, you know, we're, we're excited to launch UCSD right now, and, you know, we kind of want to see how, you know, 
how that kind of all goes over. But, but I, you know, I, I would say yeah, our, our goal is definitely to hopefully, you know, reach outside of San Diego for sure. Great. Um, what uh, I always, you know, I'm curious to ask uh, your restaurateurs who have halal restaurants is what percentage of your customers would you say are Muslim versus non-Muslim? It's just a curiosity that we have at Halal Run. Good question. Uh, you'd probably, uh, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm the register. I'm the register. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, it, I want to throw a percentage. Um, definitely, I would say, uh, you know, um, like, you know, like Arabs and Muslims definitely make a smaller portion of our, 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 our customer base. Um, you know, especially here in San Diego and and uh, and whatnot. Um, so, I, you know, we uh, that, that, that's tough. I'll definitely. What's that? I was gonna say the, a percentage might be tough, but they're definitely not a large demographic. Uh, we get a lot of Arab and Muslim clientele, uh, but the majority of our clientele is, is uh, not Muslim, not Arab. Yeah. The, the cool thing is, I, I you know, I don't know if like you know, I don't know if it's thanks to Cardi B or who, but the halal movement seems to be growing because uh, I'll be honest, man. Sometimes we'll get like, you know, just you know, like, you know, you know, white folks that will come in and then they're reading, and I hear I'm on the register, I hear them reading the menu, and you know, like, uh, oh my god, dude, it's halal, you know, like F yeah, bro, like, that's awesome. Um, so like, you know, alhamdulillah, man, like even you know, even like non you know Muslims are you know appreciate that the, the chicken and beef are both behind. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's been cool. Where do you source your halal meat from? So uh, currently, actually, our beef comes from uh, Australia and New Zealand. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a massive uh, halal uh, beef industry uh, Absolutely. out there. Yeah, yeah. So yep. uh, that's that's been clutch for us. Um, it's actually been, a, ironically, a lot more stable of a, of a market for us to deal with than the American uh, halal beef market. Um, just in terms of getting the type of cuts that we want, we we do source a tri-tip uh, for our beef, uh, which is a uh, a higher quality cut than, than what it might typically be used in, in, in shawarma. Um, and it's actually something that's very uh, widely known on the West Coast. Uh, I'm, I think we've been told, uh, forgot, but the majority of tri-tip is, is, is consumed on the, uh, the Western uh, side of the United States. Um, you go to other parts of the state, they don't use it as much, or other parts of the country, they don't use it as much. Uh, and then for the chicken, we do get that uh, through a local distributor here in San Diego. Um, and that is a domestic uh, chicken product that we use, uh, but it is uh, certified halal. Cool. Um, all right. So my next question uh, is, you know, just generally speaking, what was uh, COVID like for you? Uh, you know, uh, we talked about COVID a little earlier. Uh, you know, it's, it's so fascinating to hear the stories about the food establishments like yours that were around before COVID uh, and alhamdulillah sort of got through it, right? Whereas a lot didn't. So what was COVID like? How did you, how did you get through it? Um, you know, how did you emerge stronger? Yeah, I mean, COVID was... Uh... It was definitely March 2020 was was a lot of unknowns, I think, for, for us and for everybody, really. Uh, we all kind of went through that process of having to, you know, just figure out and survive. Uh, we are in a primarily business area uh, here in San Diego. And so our neighborhood is one of the most densely populated business districts of San Diego. And so almost overnight, 
when lockdowns first went into place, uh, this neighborhood became a ghost town. Uh, there was nobody here. So there was a lot of questions at that point in time as to how to navigate uh, what to do. Uh, luckily, having been open for a few years before that, having been able to develop a, a strong clientele base, uh, as people, I think, got more comfortable navigating a COVID world, uh, we started getting a lot of our, our regulars that, were, that still have to come into work because there are a lot of essential workers that work in our neighborhood as well. Uh, we started seeing those folks. Uh, and kind of one, of, one of the things we've been blessed with is, is sometimes people eat here, they eat here like three, four times a week, uh, if not more oh, for nice. lunch. Nice. Yeah. So we'd, we'd see the same people almost every day uh, coming through to eat uh, during COVID, uh, like the beginning part of COVID. Uh, and I mean, we just try to navigate that as much as possible. We actually were never on any delivery services before COVID. Uh, but right as the news of, of COVID spread was happening, we actually ended up signing up for, uh, for all the delivery services. And, and we've been on them ever since. Uh, it's been a love-hate relationship uh, with delivery services. It, but, it always know. is, right, for the restaurant <laughs> yeah. industry. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and, I mean, it, it, it's been a challenge for sure. Um, uh, you know, the, everything that you hear in the news has has definitely been real for us uh, from dealing with COVID, labor shortages uh, to inflation. Uh, what we used to pay for chicken, uh, you know, a year and a half ago, we're, we're, we're paying two to three times as much now. Uh, and it's, it's been like that for over uh, over a year. Uh, and so those those uh, those changes that everyone's seeing at the grocery store, we, we see it just as much. Uh, in terms of the cost of product that we're uh, we're, we're using, uh, even coming down to like paper products that we use uh, or disposable products that we use, uh, the prices on those have have skyrocketed too over the last year. So we're we see it across the board, uh, and so now it's been really just a challenge of navigating that environment uh, with just the cost of goods and how much everything costs, along with employment issues. Um, and and I mean we've we've actually been blessed that so much of our staff has been here for three, four, five years uh, working with us. And a lot of our our new hires are, are referrals from our current staff, uh, and and yeah, and then the new hires end up staying here for for, for a while, and they end up referring additional people. Uh, so that, that that's been our solution to uh, to navigating the uh, <laughs> the economy and, and 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 labor in America. Yeah, no, that's that speaks uh, volumes about your establishment, right? When there's a in an industry where there tends to be a lot of turnover, to have that kind of employee stability means that you know you're doing something right in in the way you run your your operation um, so you know which takes me to some you know another one of the last couple of things I wanted to ask you about you know i I was really struck on your website by your you know your statement of values right which you don't really see a lot um, in, in food establishments right front and center uh, and and it's really impressive so why don't you you know tell tell us a little bit about that about sort of you know what the values are and 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 why you you know you wanted to to put them front and center for everyone to see. Uh, um, I mean, yeah, you know, as far as as you know, the, our, our values, um, you know, food is a it's a common right, it's a common language amongst all of us here in the world, um, right? Um, so that you know, it, it, it's it's definitely kind of cool to be able to share our our values with with just you know all, all, all our you know our, our consumers and whatnot um and we definitely feel like right you know the, the i don't know man there's just there's so many problems in the world um so as much as possible man we, we try to keep uh you know um you know we try to keep things very you know um inclusive and whatnot i mean the cool thing is, is even with our staff right we have uh you know just right 
from, you know, like, you know, literally, you know, refugees, students, um, you know, uh, all, 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 all types of, you know, from wherever, um, you know, as much as possible, we just try to, you know, just be very, you know, uh, kind of like in touch with not only like how, it, you know, we hire, but also with, with giving back to the community um, as much as possible, right? Like whether it's, you know, like I said, working with like the refugee community, um, you know, giving back, um, you know, through, right, like charity, through working with some local, you know, organizations, um, you know, even like right, when, when COVID first happened, I mean, we, uh, you know, sales dropped by maybe like more than 80% overnight um, in, uh, initially. And, and so we had a ton of inventory. So, you know, we even donated a ton of food to like the local hospitals, um, you know, um, we'll, uh, you know, as much as possible, you know, our whole, you know, belief is to kind of just give back. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's anything you want to Yeah, I think for the most part, just really for it to be a reflection of our own uh, identity and, and, and our own background, right, as being Muslim. Uh, having those values uh, within the business was an important aspect for us. Great. Okay, so a couple of quick questions to round out our show that we, you know, like to ask everyone. Um, one is, uh, who was your, or tell me about one of your most memorable customers. I have one. I don't know. Uh, you, I mean, where do you say Guy Fieri, who's obviously probably the most <laughs> yeah. memorable, but, but besides uh, Guy Fieri. Mahmoud will probably have uh, better stories uh, than me. But for me, I, I, I don't – I interact with customers less frequently than Mahmoud does. Uh, but there was one morning, um, maybe a year or two into uh, when we had uh, first opened up, uh, and I was actually helping out up front. Like, it was early morning, like 9.30. We opened at 11, uh, and I was covering a baking shift that day. I was making bread, and – a customer comes up to the to the window and starts knocking on the window. And it's someone we recognize. He comes all the time. And so uh, we go and we open the door for him. Like, hey, what's up, man? Uh, you know, like, what's going on? Uh, and he seemed a little distraught. Uh, and he kind of just like, I, I just want to let you know uh, that you might not be seeing me around here anymore uh, as much. Uh, I actually just got laid off uh, from my job. And I, and I live really far away. Uh, but I just wanted to let you guys know. Uh, and it meant a lot to us, uh, obviously that the situation was, was, was terrible. Um, but he was someone that would come on a daily basis. Uh, and he felt a, a real genuine connection with the staff, uh, and with, uh, the concept. And for us, a big part of the concept in, in, in having guests come in is really creating a family environment, right? Uh, you often see the staff interact with, uh, the customers as if they're, they're friends. Uh, and for us, that that's kind of the most important part. I think even just kind of going back to our backgrounds, right? Culturally, when you welcome someone into your house with food, uh, you really kind of try to go all out uh, in terms of making sure that they're taken care of. And, and that's the same ethos that we've tried to have here in the restaurant. Uh, and seeing customers really latch onto that uh, and develop that bond with us uh, has been has been awesome. 100%. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, luckily, we, we do get a lot of regulars that, you know, definitely enjoy the food, but I feel like um, they really keep coming back. I mean, there's people that come four or five times a week, um, literally because they just feel like they're part of the Tahini family. And, uh, you know, even to the point where, you know, uh, there's a, there's another guy, same thing, man. Literally, I, I want to say he comes five times a week. And, uh, you know, one day, he just and this is during COVID, just kind of went missing and and like I said, I mean, for like two, three years, it just comes every day, Monday to Friday. And so when we didn't see him for like a week, we're like, yo, you know, where is he? We haven't seen him. Second week goes by. We're like, all right, man, we, we, we have to, you know, check in on him. 
Luckily, he had placed uh, – he always comes in and orders. But for some weird reason, one time he ordered online. I think he was, like, in a hurry. So we had remembered, like, yo, he placed an order online once. So we should be able to find a system. Uh, you know, plugged his name in, went through, like, a couple, you know, different customers. Um, but found his info. You know, gave him a call, didn't answer, left him a voicemail. And, and like, a week later, he actually came to the store just kind of, like, tearing up. Like, hey, man, like, thank you guys so much for caring. Um, he, I, I actually caught – and he was an older gentleman, and he had caught COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it really kind of, you know, it, it really uh, uh, took a yeah, toll on him. And, and so he was, yeah, he was out for a while. Um, but he was just, you know, just so excited that, you know, because, you know, he, he lives alone. I don't, from, you know, what we know about him, he doesn't have any family here. So he, he was just kind of like, like touched that, you know, you know, this, you know, the staff, you know, reached out to make sure, you know, he's okay just because we haven't seen him and, and didn't, you know, hear that he's moving or, or getting a new job and whatnot. So it, it's, it feels really cool to kind of have that connection with, you know, most of our customers. Um, you know, I mean, I probably have like a couple hundred, like, you know, names in my head memorized. Like, you know, I'll, I'll be out and about in the town and I'm like, Oh man, there, there's, you know, so-and-so. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely pretty cool. You know, that it's not just, you know, you come in, you buy the food and you leave, right. There's, there's a little bit more than, you know, you know, trading, you know, right food for whatever. Um, so it's, it's definitely cool. To, to, to see these, you know, relationships being built, um, you know, with, with, you know, people in the community. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, last couple of questions. One is, I like to ask restaurant owners this, what is one halal restaurant in San Diego that you really love or really like besides your own? <laughs> Good question. I, I know mine. Go ahead. Because <laughs> <laughs> mine, like mine is like a go-to. Uh, mine is Baba Kebab. It's an Afghan spot. I, I, I actually find Afghan food to be phenomenal. Uh, I think it's one of the best cuisines out there. Uh, so Baba Kebab is, is a go-to for me. I guess uh, just so I don't give the same one. Um, I, for me, I think uh, the one spot that we'll kind of go to uh, pretty frequently, uh, it's, a, it's a Persian uh, restaurant. It's called Darban in, in downtown San Diego, or like the outskirts of downtown. Uh, the food is had out of there. The food is actually pretty it's, – it's awesome. The food's great there. Um, but what I really actually respect about them is they built like this small musalla right next to the restaurant. Um, so because they they, they kind of cater they, because they're in downtown, they do cater a lot to like you know uh, Uber taxi drivers, um, you know just people constantly on the go. Um, and uh, so yeah, that 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 one's kind of cool because like literally you'll you'll go eat and then they have a little place where you pray. Um, so that one's probably one of my my favorites here in San Diego. But there are definitely a ton of great uh, ad options out there. Awesome. So now the last question is, um, you know, Halal Run is a celebration of, of the halal food industry, including restaurateurs such as yourself and bloggers, but also the, the Muslims who, meet it, who eat it, right? Muslims in, in the U.S. and Canada. So who are a couple of Muslim Americans uh, that, that each of you admires? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's there's, a lot. yeah, there's a lot, man. Yeah, uh, a couple, one each uh, or one or two each. Yeah, uh, Muslim Americans, uh, definitely. I'd say uh, Mo Amir, man, that guy. You know, I, I, I give a lot of respect uh, to that guy. Um, and, you know, Mashallah, he's doing, you know, he's doing a lot of things. And the cool thing is, is he's kind of like unapologetically, you know, Palestinian and Muslim, uh, which I really, you know, uh, like and respect about him. Uh, um, Man, is, uh, what about you? 
Uh, I think locally, uh, someone that I think also has, has probably played a big impact with me, uh, Shif Ramad and his wife, uh, Shif uh, Muslima Permal. Um, both uh, Azharis. Um, culturally, I think Brother Ali. Probably, I, I I'm a big fan of his uh, of his music. Uh, his music here. Yeah. Uh, so so definitely those. Imam Omar Suleiman. I actually really enjoy his uh, his commentary on on things happening across the country uh, and in the world. So great. Well, free yeah. shawarmas for all of them if they ever come by San Diego. Yeah. And, and, and Khabib Nurmagomedov, too. He's, he's not low. Oh, yeah, exactly. You, <laughs> you better give American him a free shawarma if he yeah. shows up at your place because you don't want to mess with what comes next. Uh, if you don't. Yeah. Khabib, he's eating for free here, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He could, yeah. Um, well, gentlemen, Osama uh, Mahmoud, thank you so much for, for your time. Uh, and for sharing your story and, and frankly, for, for all that you do, um, not just for the people of San Diego, but for the example that you're setting, um, you know, for, for Muslims throughout the country. Thanks very much. We're definitely honored to be the first guest on your, on your podcast, man. Uh, definitely means a lot, man. And appreciate you guys, you know, reaching out and, you know, and showing us love, man. Yeah. And inshallah, as we grow, we'll, we'll have you back on again. I look forward to it. We hope you enjoyed the interview. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our channel down below so we can bring you more content and conversations just like this. Halal Run is the leading guide to halal eating options in North America. You can find us on our website, halalrun.com, or on all our social profiles everywhere. Our handle is at halalrun. We feature over 13,000 restaurants in over 2,000 cities. We're here to serve you, and we hope to see you again.